Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life in Sport podcast. And I'm joined by a very special guest. I know I say that every episode, but this is a very special guest. He's got a, he's gone through possibly the worst of adversity um, from, you know, the sport that gave him so much. Um, his name is Nathan Stapleton. We won't talk about the elephant in the room right off the bat. We'll, uh, you could say, um, ease into that. So first of all, I want to thank you very much, Nathan, for agreeing to come on the podcast. And how's your morning been so far? Uh, thanks, mate. It's uh, good to be on. Morning has been uh, a bit steady this morning, but nice and cold here in young New South Wales. So sitting in front of the fire, actually. Oh, very nice. I love that. I've just recently moved down from Tweed Heads down um, to the Central Coast back back home. And the the weather difference, nine hours south, it's it's so different and I'm loving it. The cold weather, it's honestly, I, I wouldn't change it. Obviously, you had to travel quite a bit to play rugby league because Glen Innes was the junior club for you. Uh, Glen Innes Magpies, that's 40 k's away-ish from deep water. What was it like playing rugby league, for, first of all, A, for Glen Innes and in general, you know, playing league as a kid in rural New South Wales? Oh, mate, when, as a kid, you don't actually realise what goes into a... Uh... Footy, like you just you just turn up and all of a sudden you're at the game. So it, the full credit to uh, to my parents in um, sacrificing all the time and stuff that they had wanted to do on the weekends to drop us kids, um, you know, into the footy and into uh, like especially going to the remote. Like we travelled, you know, as far as Moree and yeah. Um, but yeah, playing for the Mag was was great. Like we had a like we had a great. A group of mates who I also went to school with as well, and so went to school with, and and then in the social life as well. So no, it was fantastic. And the Glenness Glenness Magpies are, are are a great club. So um, they're very uh, a tight knit club, and um, everyone's gelled and got that camaraderie. Um, especially being from a small town as well, so everyone knows everyone. So yeah. everyone's happy to you know. So everyone's again is happy to play with each other, and every, you just out there playing with the mates, you're just having a good time. That's that's amazing to hear, and obviously it it is you could say far north New South Wales. So I've got to ask, which state of origin team did you follow growing up? Because it's so close to the border, you could be um, forgiven if you grew up following Queensland. Yeah, it, uh, it's uh, funny, mate. I uh, I played uh, representative for New South Wales, yep. um, so I'm I'm a Blues through and through. <laughs> yep. No, that's VC. I was born in Queensland, live in New South Wales, so but I'm a Queenslander, through uh, and through, born in Queensland. Um, so I totally get that. Um, I'm just going through my questions, being so close to the border. Uh, which team did you follow growing up? Um, when I was growing up, my, uh, my favourite player was Nathan Highmarsh, so Parramatta Eels, mate. I just, oh, wow. uh, yeah, Nathan Highmarsh was, uh, was my childhood hero. I just loved the way that he just, he just hooked in and um, he just had that never give up attitude and he'd yeah. make a make a million tackles a game and just be and he get he just struck me as a bloke that just love playing with his mates as well. So I could really relate to that. Yeah. No, that's fair. And um during your career at any point did you get the chance to meet Nathan? My hit I uh, done more than that. I, I played against him and he actually broke my nose. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, that I would have been be, a bit of a bittersweet yeah, moment. Oh, that, Nathan Hart yeah. oh, he broke my nose. Yeah, so I I, it's a, it was a bittersweet moment that one, mate. But um, yeah, so no, it was, it was great. Like it's obviously anyone uh, who's ever got a got a hero, or it doesn't matter whether it's in rugby league or in life. As soon as you meet them, you're in, you've always got that bit of you're in awe of them for a bit until until they break your nose. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, obviously, you played some time at Cronulla. You made your debut 
your NRL debut. I ran 11, 2009. Um, what was that like? Mate, I, I debuted on the local derby. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was a surreal feeling. It was, um, I debuted in a position that I hadn't played before. Oh, um, yeah. Like I played, I think it was 20 minutes in, in the lower grades um, yep. the, the week before. And then the next week I was playing first grade in, uh, in, at fullback. So, but um, it was fantastic. Mate, Ricky Stewart um, had a, showed a lot of belief in me and uh, he's seen a lot of things that, uh, that he liked. And um, he was, uh, he was probably my um, favorite coach, to be honest, because if he, uh, if you, if you hooked in and you had a go, he would reward you by giving you a start. Yeah. Like the effort gets rewarded by by getting a start, which is, in my opinion, how it should be. You know, yeah. uh, people shouldn't be gifted or expecting their spot week in week out. They should be earning it. So I absolutely agree with that mentality. Round five, 2014, you scored four tries in one game against War- against the Warriors at Shark Park. Um, do you remember much of that game? And and what was it like scoring four? Like not many players can say they've scored four tries in one game. No, mate. It was. Uh, I think it was just one of those times. It was just my lucky day. It was. Uh... It was a great afternoon um, playing the Warriors there. And uh, no, I remember just sticking to our game plan and uh, we knew that there was going to be points available. We just didn't realise that it was going to be, I was going to end up with uh, with four of the tries out of it all. So it was um, when I scored the fourth one, I was, um, I couldn't believe it. I was, I was saying to the boys, said, how good is this? <laughs> no, honestly, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, and obviously your, your time at the Sharks came to an end. You went over to the Roosters for the remainder of the 2014 season. Uh, first of all, what was the, um, what was, what was it like, you know, the, um, you could say facilities difference, the club culture differences going from the Sharks to the Roosters? Um, I guess like with the Roosters, it was probably a little bit more established and they had, um, I suppose a lot more funding and the facilities were, were probably a little bit better than the Sharks at the time. Like the mm-hmm. time I was at the Sharks, like we were, like the club was sort of a bit in turmoil and financially we weren't like we weren't sure in which direction they were going to go and all that. But um, you know, and and to be honest, mate, when we were playing, we weren't playing that great. You know, we had a few years there that you know we weren't we weren't winning. So it, yes, you know, going from a culture where we have, we're battling a little bit to get wins and then in, going in every out. aspect battling, you know, battling for funding, battling for wins, etc. to a club that's yeah. coming off a grand final win the, the previous year sort of thing. That's it. So the camaraderie and then just the energy was a lot different at the Roosters coming off such a success. Um, like it was, it was di- like a lot different and every club is different, mate. And every club's yeah. run differently. So like, and, and, I, and I guess that's good because that's what, that's where players actually like when players need to change, that's when players can actually step up and get back to playing good footy as well. So oh, absolutely. If, if every club was the same, the sport would be boring as so exactly. I, right. I absolutely agree <laughs> with that. Um, obviously you went over to London to play with the London, London Broncos for a little bit. What was it like, you know, jetting over to the other side of the world, um, establishing, you know, playing some rugby league over there. Yeah. No, we'll stay, but when the opportunity came up, um, we sort of, uh, um, we just grabbed it with both hands and, um, we were excited to, to play some footy and do some travel. Um, as well, because London's such a central base to uh, to Europe, it was yeah. um, you know so you could you could travel anywhere. And um, when I went over, it was I was excited. I, it was um, I suppose it was uh, in a way it was a lot less um, a lot less pressure. Like yeah. I saw that I obviously had to had to perform, but because we we're in the 
we weren't in the in the Super League at that stage. Yeah, we're just in the championship, so we were sort of still trying to get it back up into this into the Super League. Um, so it was sort of like it was nice to just to have not have that as much pressure um, yep. than playing first grade. And um, like you said, we still trained hard and we still worked hard. Um, but um, it was just yeah, there's just an aspect of it that uh, wasn't as serious when, um, which is great, and you know, I was really enjoying it. And then. We had a trial match on uh, the week before um, the round one um, started, and I uh, was actually playing um, an Indigenous side from Australia. Actually, oh, wow. as a trial match, yeah. So, which is great. Like, it was good for them. It was good for us. And, good for the and club. you would have felt a bit more like you know playing home, you know, sort of thing. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and then, um, and then I ended up hurting my knee in that game, and didn't think much of it. So. And then we went and got a scan and yeah, done done my ACL again. Oh. So yeah, so I actually uh, missed the whole season. So then, oh, I, wow. and then, and then I retired from that because um, I was sick, sick of getting injured. So yeah, I, uh, I was retired. literally about to ask what was the deciding factor behind you know retiring. Some players are, you know, it's injuries. Sometimes it's a uh, my body was saying you know no more. So for you, it was it was the the injuries you know reoccurring sort of thing. Yeah, just recurring injuries, mate. Like I had four knee recos through my career. I tore my pec off the bone um, once. I've uh, yeah, tore a grade a grade two hamstring tear. I broke my fingers, broke my nose. So it was just adding up. You've done, you done the mischief. You could say yeah. I really got. Yeah. Wow. Well, I was going to say that brings up an interesting topic. Adam Doherty, he's just done his ACL for the third time in the, a matter of four or five years. Um, as in, obviously, as I'm sure you know, he plays for the Tigers and whatnot. What are your thoughts on you know? Obviously, with the technology nowadays, you know, you can really come back from an ACL, but a third ACL injury, I don't know if it's the same knee three times or it's it's a third ACL at least. And what are your thoughts on that? And do you think he should maybe consider, um, unfortunately, medically retiring? Um, yeah, mate, I suppose it's different. When I, when I did mine, I was, um, so I was Luke Cavell and uh, myself yep. were the first people to get the... Uh, it was called an allograph. So basically, so Luca got the the rope, uh, you could say, in his knee for his ACL, and yep. uh, I got um, a ligament end rope um, in my ACL. But when back in the back when we were doing it, um, it always happened when I was off contract. So I was always ah. rushing. I was always rushing to get back in. So like I think I, I first time I knew when I was in high school, and that was that was a twelve month recovery. And then my second ACL, I think I played. Um, I think it was 16 weeks later I played. Yep. And then the third one, it was 15 weeks. And then the fourth one, I didn't bother playing. It was a few years. <laughs> no, um, that's fair enough. Like my sister tore her ACL um, and had that similar surgery done. Um, she was actually lucky enough to um, have the same surgeon that was the knee surgeon for the West Coast Eagles a, f- a fair few years ago now, but no longer their surgeon. Um yep. And so he was like, look, do you want to still play sport? Because she plays, you know, Aussie rules down in South Australia. And they did the same thing. They were like, look, we can take a little bit of, you know, ligament from like a little bit of muscle or something from the other another part of your body and create um, a, a new ligament for you because hers was just gone. Um, and do you feel like, because some players say, oh, you know, my knee was never the same, um, you know, sort of thing, or they play a little bit more hesitant or a bit less, you know, obviously in an arrow, unfortunately you can't do that. You have to hit as still as hard as like when, you know, before you got injured, but do you feel like maybe you um, didn't come back as 
like a hundred percent, you know, you come back maybe ninety eight percent sort of thing from those injuries. Yeah, definitely. Like it, like obviously, like after the first or second one, you're like, yeah, okay, no worries, you'll you'll cop that. But after the third and fourth one, mate, like it was like you say, tentative and like it, it doesn't affect your game because like there's things that you could have done before that, but you, you're just not sure if you want to put yourself in that it's, position. So it's so, more of a mental block sort of thing. Yeah, it's just, it's mentally draining, mate. Like it's just like. You give you because you know what what's in front of you. Like you do ACL, like you know what's what's to come. You what you got to go through, and and especially by the time we get to third, like Adam Dewey now on his third one, like he'd be he's gonna he's gonna know what's in front of him. It's a, it's a long it's a long road, like and it's not it's not enjoyable at all. Like no, it definitely know. wouldn't. Be. Yeah, so it's um like it definitely does um, affect you more mentally, I'd say, than physically because. Like you, you obviously play the game. There's a lot of mental game. Like it's sort of, a lot of people um, don't realize this. The game's actually 80% mental and 20% physical. Like it's... Oh, absolutely. Because be, being willing to go up at week in, week out and willingly get tackled and knowing the, the risks that could come from that and, you know, willingly doing that, that's, that's, you got to be a head case to play it first of all yeah. in, in, a, in a good way you know yeah. but as it's it's 80 percent metal it absolutely is because you've got to be mental a little bit to play the game yeah that's right yeah so no but it's like and that's thing like I, 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 I became accustomed to training and then um you know then i lost all my confidence and a lot of people like um the same because i was so physically fit that i should be able to do more than i'm doing but people didn't stop and realize that i've been through a lot of in, like um, trauma with my body and it's not as easy as just um picking up where you left off like is there's an element of like you're scared of getting injured again so yeah. you, you play tentative so it no, doesn't I, matter. I absolutely get that and unfortunately it brings up the, the topic obviously the elephant in the room which is unfortunately caused by a tackle gone wrong for lack of a better term but not in rugby league it was in a local union um Last year, you were part of a tackle while playing local union, which unfortunately left you as a quadriplegic. Um, it's I can't even begin to imagine the massive impact it, and changes it's had on you and your life. Um, but if if you'll um, give me the time or, or humor me, um, we were just talking about ACLs. We were talking about you know all that sort of stuff. Um, how basically from from the day it happened up until today. Um, how has it been for you? And, you know, just talk as raw as, as, as you like about it. It was, um, mate, it was, obviously I retired. It's, it's quite ironic because I retired from playing football because of the injuries. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you know, so it's, but um, as my wife's brother, uh, we've always said that once I retired, we just like to play just one game together. Yeah. Um, just for a bit of fun so and I've always been playing professional football and we just haven't had the chance so we we finally got the chance just to, to play a game and it was just, just going to be a one-off game mate like, and that was going to be it and um like a last and, hurrah sort of thing with with a mate yeah that's that's pretty much what it was and um anyway we uh, uh we played and um I, I can't remember the tackle or anything yeah, and of course um so last like yeah so I, I remember parts of the game but um i wake up like the thing then i wake up in hospital and um like just my injury was a two percent survival rate in suburban areas so and i was in wow. west wyalong which is in the middle yeah. of nowhere so i actually I know where west wyalong is yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not a, it's not a cbd <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah no so um 
Yeah, so I was actually pronounced dead for 16 minutes. Wow. Um, so the, the the chances of me surviving was 2%. There was even less that I wouldn't have brain damage. So they were, they were basically saying that I was going to be brain damaged. And if I survive, that's what was going to be my reality. And obviously my wife hearing that and my family hearing that was, you know, obviously traumatizing. And the whole, the whole situation was just traumatizing for Absolutely. everyone. You know, it's, uh, it's changed our lives, you know, so much. And like we've gone through the hospital system and, um, going through the good and bad through there then through the NDIS which um, the NDIS have actually been fantastic um, towards us which has been such a help Um, then we've we've had to um, move from where we were living and then had to move into another place into young but we didn't want to leave um, the area because like our family's here and um, we wanted to bring the boys right so we've had to basically sell our souls and um, just try to yeah. just battle through to try to get another place to, and, to try and, and keep people don't, going. don't realize that sort of like people obviously see oh you know player here had this massive injury um but they don't realize those sort of impacts that that it, it, it has had it's not as you said it's it has changed your life in in every way um and Move, not not just you know being pronounced dead for 16 minutes which is uh, by the way massive ups to you for k- keeping stay, staying strong and keeping through you know two percent chance of survival like it, that's and and then like an even less percent chance of that of not of not um you know being brain damaged so that that's first of all amazing that you've pulled through in that respect and i guess where i was going with with the start of this sort of um statement that i was saying was more Oh, this was it was the back end of last year when it happened well, back in mid mid to back end of last year um and obviously you've gone through that um absolutely traumatic experience how are you dealing with it and day-to-day life at like now sort of thing over the last you could say month or so yeah well um i just i take day by day yeah. I, I don't look too far into the future i just um I just wake up and fight every day, and like obviously there's there's good and bad days, and um, obviously I've got two young boys, um, which are you know beautiful and and everything, but the bittersweet thing is like you miss out on so much of that too, like and then um, like I can't help my wife and things like that, so it's a constant battle, like you know, like I'm so blessed to still be here to to see my wife and to see my see my boys grow and everything, but at the same time like there's not a great deal that I can do independently with them. Like it's, uh, especially when they're at this age, you know, Harry's, my eldest is Harry. He's two and a half. And my yeah. youngest is uh, Angus and he's nine months. So they're great they're names, at, by the way, Harry and Angus. Great yeah. Names. So they're at an age where they don't know any different, which I, I guess I'm lucky in that they don't have to go through the trauma that we went through. So mm-hmm. I guess in, in one aspect, like we're, they're lucky. Um, so a bit later on, once they get older, mate, like you know, once they're doing the homework and all that, like some of the most of that stuff will then fall on my shoulders. So you know, and, and that's hard. You know, like it, it's it's so hard. Like when like if Harry falls over and hurts his knee, like you can't just give him a cuddle or yeah, or no, anything I... like that. So like it's um it's just day by day, mate. We you know I have full time carers. Um, so I've constantly got Sark and Nurse here with me as well. So. Um, but again, that's a new aspect. Like before the injury, my wife and I were such private people, and um, you know, and then all of a sudden, there's always someone here, and there's always someone different, and that sort of thing, which is fucking 
Like the Dash they do such a great job. Like there's, there's nothing against them. It's just life, isn't it? Like that's just yeah. my life now. So and I guess it also comes back to you could say the central sort of point of the of the podcast episode really is it it really is a mental game and it, it's all 80 to 90 percent mental um you know getting through your day by day and being able to do that it is all a, it can be a mental struggle but it's also a mental strength for you as you were saying and i'm, I'm sorry if, if i maybe try if i um generalized it by saying that but i've, I've just sort of picked up that uh, like that sort of it is it really is a it is a mental a struggle and a mental strength at the same time would you say oh certainly yeah you know like i've got to be i could quite easily just fall in a dark hole but i've got to keep telling myself that i can't do that because like my wife needs me to be stronger and my boys need me so like it doesn't matter how i've got to take myself out of the equation and, and just think about them and then that's you know that's what's getting me through at this stage I, it's, and um... that's that's amazing um and i was actually going to bring up a question that i which is obviously boys harry and angus they're, they're you know two and a half and, and you know one respectively when they get older and say they want to play rugby league or if they decide they're like hey dad i want to play rugby league or rugby union um would you allow that um yeah mate like i this this injury happened like you know it is what it is like it's a freak accident yeah it's a freak accident like yeah so i, I wouldn't disencourage it uh, at all like if, if they want to if they want to play like yeah like i'd be more than happy for them to to play yeah like i can't hold the the game responsible for what happened to me because it's it's like one in a million chance yeah now that that's fair enough i just thought i'd ask because there would definitely be people who will listen to this episode and think oh he's got sons what's he going to say when he, you know if his sons want to play footy so i i thought i would i would cover that now we've got some to um to stray away from the uh, depth the deep part of the podcast i've got some fun quick fire questions for you uh, yep. first of all is apple or android um apple yeah absolutely <laughs> uh, what is your favorite movie of all time uh, I probably remember the Titans. Oh, good film! I re- actually recently had a guest on um, the other the other day. It was Josh Reynolds. His favorite movie of all time is also Remember the Titans. It's, oh, a, it's a great yeah. film. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite type of music? Um, probably rock. Oh, might be controversial, but probably uh, modern country. Modern country. Okay, very nice. Um, how do you like your steak? Uh, medium rare very nice uh if, if what's your drink of choice whether it's a beer or a fizzy drink or a, what is your favorite drink that you like to have uh whiskey mate yeah very nice um i've, I've got i didn't have this listed but i usually do so i'll ask it anyway who was the biggest pest at the clubs that you played at um probably at the sharks would be by ryan and oh, yeah. at the rooster jimmy maloney Oh, uh, I've I've had the I've had the pleasure of, of interviewing Jimmy Maloney and yeah, that definitely stands true. And anyone that I've interviewed that's played with him has said the same thing. So I, I agree with that. And my final question for you, it's not a um quick fire question, it's who was or is the biggest influence on the you know, the man you are today? Um That's a that's a tough question, but probably out out of uh to be honest, will be probably my um, my wife's brother. He's um, he's he's followed my career. And he's been um, so supportive and encouraging and realistic. Um, and yeah, like he's just 
he's the top bloke that he'd, uh, he'd, he'd do anything for me and everything. And he's, uh, he's pretty much like a father, father figure to me. So, yeah, I'd say Andrew Main, his name is. Mm-hmm. Big shout out to, to Andrew. Um, that's that's amazing. Um, I, I'm going to say this time again. I know I said it at the start of the episode, but thank you very much for joining me on the podcast and being so candid about, obviously, the unfortunate situations that have, you know, um, become become your life and i can imagine it's it's still not easy to talk about it it may be it may not be but i hope it does get easier for you i really do it is mate i'm in my i'm in my home now and in my we've got our own little sanctuary here so no we're happy mate and um yeah all of our focus is now is just on our two boys yeah now that that's good to hear so i definitely wish you the best and I'll probably get you on the podcast again, maybe for like a part two sometime down the track, maybe in a, in a year or so it's time to, yep. you know, like a Nathan's Tableton part two, like how he's going now, which would be great to see. So again, thank you very much for joining me and have a good rest of your day. No worries. Thank you for having me. Nah, pleasure's all mine, mate. <laughs>